welcome to the Biz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for January 29th, 2008. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our team of Orlando experts, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Majai. In this week's show, we'll discuss the top news stories on the Diz, including the story about the wrongful death lawsuit against Disney Cruise Line. In our store tour segment, Julie Martin will take us on a tour of China, and in our forum watch segment, we'll tell you what we're reading on disboards.com this week. All that plus roundtable rapid fire and lots of prize winners on this edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. All right, we have uh, some housekeeping uh, to take care of this week. We had a, a very successful uh, DCL virtual DCL house party we last did. night in our chat room. We did. Very excited about it. Just to give everybody a quick uh, uh, background of what went on, I'm not sure everybody knew what, what the whole story was. Disney Cruise Line had put together this house party uh, a thousand people around the nation i don't know if it was around the world to tell you the truth i think it was just around the nation were invited to throw house parties and this the theme would be disney cruise line they gave them um stuff to give away they gave them material marketing material all in an effort to push disney cruise line but to get people who are excited about it to sort of talk about it with their friends and even though there was a thousand parties you know, there's so many people who just couldn't participate in a party. We decided we were going to do a virtual house party in chat. And Tracy Whipple and Regina both uh, moderated and hosted the party, and they did an excellent job. Um, what I understand is we had, at one point, over 190 people wow. in chat. That is a record. We almost maxed out the chat room, 200 people max. Unfortunately, when you had that many people... It just goes by so fast. Everybody was saying, boy, we couldn't even keep up. It was just flying. I popped in there. I've never been in chat before. I popped in there for a few minutes, and it was flying by. I was so um, intimidated. It <laughs> is. Like, uh, by the time he jumped in and, and said something, it went past the screen yeah. already. So what's, what Tracy's going to do is she's going to put together a transcript from chat, and she's going to put together sort of like things that people asked over and over again, frequently asked questions, answers to that sort of stuff, and also try to get some of the highlights of chat put together for folks who couldn't follow it or couldn't participate. But during chat, Dreams Unlimited Travel gave away some prizes, and I have the list of the prize winners right in front of me. Far better than the prizes that Disney was giving away at their, oh, uh, please. their house parties, I might add. I don't want to... <laughs> I, I didn't see these things myself, but I understand that the that the packages that Disney sent people were really just sad like posters but ripped posters oh no um they would give they would send out maybe masks pirate masks for kids but they give people three or four and if you're inviting 10 kids how do you give that out in a a fair manner but the funniest thing i heard was they sent napkins from disney cruise line so people could use them at their party but they were open so everybody was afraid to use these sort of open napkins that were just thrown in a box. What is this, like DCL property control? They <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they had left yeah. laying around. Let's go into the garbage and find something to give people. These don't look used. We, we gave away, Dreams Unlimited Travel gave away four $50 D- Disney gift cards to the following people. Swill Phil. <laughs> Swill Phil. I'm reading their board's name. So Rob B. Two Foxes. And Padera. Well, we know two foxes. We do. We know her from the from the Disney Unplugged board. And also, we gave away a grand prize, a four-night Disney cruise um, aboard the Disney Wonder. And that went to Ursula's Shadow. No, no way. way. No <laughs> way. 
<laughs> so we're very excited about that. And there was a funny story about that, too, in that Ursula's Shadow's name has a word in it that the filter was pulling out. So when they announced her name, it was like Urs dot 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 La Shadow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Urs La Shadow. <laughs> because the filter wasn't happy with that word. So congratulations to all our winners. We're very excited. It was such a huge success. We have another one planned. We don't know when or how we're going to do it. And we're also going to try to do it a little bit better so that if we have that many people, we can break it up into several rooms. Several rooms. Well, I, actually, yeah, by the next one, I'll have uh, I'll have some new chat software up there. I'm very unhappy with that software. We're very happy, though, that Mindy's going to be joining us on our podcast cruise. Mindy is Ursula's shadow. Oh, okay. And we have to keep her away from Will. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's oh. right. <laughs> <laughs> She's decided Will would make a wonderful (laughs) son-in-law. That's very... It puts the lotion on its skin. (laughs) (laughs) She's marked him. (laughs) We have some other prize winners uh, that we need to to announce this week. Some people that uh, selected envelope numbers. Julie, who do we have? We have Annette Konacek. She chose number seven. Ooh, my favorite number. Me too. Number seven. I like this part of the show. Oh, my God. What'd she win? An iPhone. Oh, wow. Holy smokes. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And then... I can't uh, believe there's one iPhone in here. It's been in there for a little while, and we we haven't been able to give away uh, dinner with Kevin yet, but there's there's the iPhone. And then we also have Matthew Flannery. He chose number 26. Number 26. He was actually one of the marathon runners, and his oh. time was 26.2, so he chose the cl- number closest to that. <laughs> he gets a uh, universal two-park annual pass. Wow. Wow. Nice cool. Wow, you guys pick good numbers. All right, that's all for prizes. Okay. This is way one too more. expensive. This is Matt Yesbeck, and he chose number 24. A seven-day park hopper. Wow. wow. Oh you guys picked. What a show. Uh, yeah, really. You guys picked all the big ones. <laughs> all the big ones are out of there now. Does Jeez. this mean we have to go back to the Apple store? <laughs> oh, yeah. We have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sounding sad here. <laughs> yeah, we've all been spending a lot of time in the Apple store lately. We like the Apple store. I'm not so fond of it. You guys are. <laughs> well, just when I'm going in to buy a computer. It's like a toy store. So congratulations, everybody. That's uh, that's great. Boy, that's... So three pretty good prizes. Three very, very good prizes. And uh, now I just want to mention that uh, the, the, the cruise that John uh, gave away in the virtual house party is not from my allotment. I still have my <laughs> I still have my allotment of cruises to give away on the show. I, just I wish, want... wish we had a video so everyone could see you doing greedy hands. <laughs> mine, my mine. allotment. He's very protective. I'm of very protective cruises. of making sure I have enough staterooms to give uh, give away throughout the year. So what do we have? Five staterooms to give you away. Have, you have five staterooms. I have to five staterooms, and I am protecting them, folks. I'm protecting them with my life. This doesn't come from my allotment. <laughs> it's I do. Wish we could see the greedy hands motion. Now, let me just mention that that uh, iPhone does not include uh, the cellular service that has to be set up with, uh, with AT&T. And uh, if that's not something that uh, – is it – who was it? Annette. Annette. If that's not something she wants, we can give her the option of like an iPod Touch instead. I mean, she may already have an iPhone. We don't know. And an iPod Touch has all <laughs> all the same functionality as the iPhone, with the exception of the cell phone feature. That's it. That's all it's missing. And or the, the camera. camera. Or the camera. That's right. Or the camera. So, 
Well, that's great. That's some great prizes to give out. So nice way to start uh, start this week's show. And uh, we'll go You had ahead. promised about last year that January was going to be a big month. You yes. weren't kidding. Nope. Really? Nope. All right. With that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and get started with the news. Our first news story this week, the Disney Magic Connection is being tested at the Magic Kingdom right now, employing the Nintendo DS, uh, the handheld video game system that Nintendo put out, puts, uh, has put out, uh, f- fitted with a GPS system. Guests are able to access a park map, which will provide directions and information from actually within the park. Other features being tested are having real-time access to wait times and Disney trivia games to play while you're waiting in, in the queue. During the trial, guests are being provided with preloaded Nintendo DS units. At this time, the technology is not available for people who own the game system. You can't If you already have a DS, you can't do anything with that, but... If the response to it is positive, this is something that they're going to make available in the parks, and uh, you'll be able to bring your Nintendo DS with you. The software that you'll need uh, will be sold there at the parks, and you can use this to uh, walk, like I said, walk around, gives you a map, gives you wait times. I'm sure they'll do other stuff with it as well. There's, yeah, this opens up a whole new thing, a whole new level to Virtual Magic Kingdom, to all that other stuff that goes on. You didn't mention, though, that if you do want to participate in this, you have to give them a credit card uh, deposit so that they ensure that it'll be returned, the unit will be returned. But it sounds like it's a cool idea. Now, I mean, do we know I, how people are being selected for this? Do you just go up and say you want to do it? And... What I read was that you can go up to guest services and ask about it, and if there's there's a certain number available each day, and as long as they have one left, they'll cool. They'll do it. Let yeah. you do it. So they actually have five games uh, uh, for Fantasyland, Jungle Cruise, Space Mountain, Thunder Mountain, and Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. That's which cool. is cool. I'm a little worried. People aren't looking where they're going now. Yeah. That's just say my my only concern is. Have you ever walked through the parks when you've seen a family and the kids have their heads buried in a video game yeah. as it is, and you think to yourself, you're missing so much? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I just am concerned that people, when you walk through the park, people aren't looking where they're going. And I think to myself, now they're going to be buried in a, in a video game, and I imagine it's going to be adults as well as kids. Well, the, the video game kicks in at the different those different attractions they, while you're waiting in line. It it's not. I don't think it kicks in while you're walking around the park, so they're not going to be playing it. But when you get in the queue line... How would the, the machine game, know that you're in the queue? Because they... The, well, no, but still, they'll be walking around and looking at a park map on it. And also, yeah. I mean, I I don't know how good uh, the DS is in direct sunlight. Um, how Doesn't good those the screens DS are. have a tiny little screen from what I've seen? Isn't it? It's a, a dual, no, it's a dual screen. It, has, it flips up. There's oh. two screens, one on top, one on bottom, and it's touch screen. It's a really, it's a very cool handheld unit. And it has, ever since it was released, it absolutely dominated the market. There have been so many of these sold. Sony tried to counter them with uh, the PlayStation Portable, and that was pretty much an abject failure. And the Nintendo DS remains, I mean, there are like tens of millions of these things in circulation. Virtually every kid has one. I mean, it's one of those things that you just have. You owned, I have one. You owned one. Not you did not, not a DS. No. The DS was released about uh, three or four years ago, I think. No, I bought you one for Christmas. No, you you bought me a PlayStation Portable that I returned. A PSP. Oh. This is a Nintendo. Whatever. Did you, <laughs> did you know I took it back? No, I, he didn't. Oh. I took it back. Oh, okay. He handed it back to me and said, I don't think I want this. Okay. It sounds like they got this idea from the whole Pal Mickey thing. Well, know, people they, walking around the park with the Pal Mickey up against their ear. They also said it's going to it's gonna play off of the Pal Mickey technology. 
and that it's not just GPS, but it's also going to be triggered by those same sensors. The little hot spots. Yeah. I mean, it's it's all moving in a direction that sounds like it's going to be something really cool for, for park guests. Avoid the lines, avoid... All right, then I'm going to have to be the naysayer here. This even goes back even further. Do you remember a while back they sold those pins? Those $20 pins. When the, pins were $5, these were $20, and they mm-hmm. were going to light up, and they were going to sing to you, and they were going to vibrate, and they were going to make you all happy and crap like that whenever you walked near a certain attraction, right. and they never worked. Right. They lasted about two days. And then they tried this pal Mickey, and everybody said, I ain't carrying that thing around with me. It's cumbersome. It's not loud enough. I have a feeling this is going to be one of those things that, while it sounds really cool, until they really, really perfect it, I... My opinion is it's not going to be all that great. I don't think they're giving up on this technology. I think they're putting it a step further, a step further, a mm, step further. Yeah, I don't know what it would be in the future, but imagine maybe instead of that, you get glasses. Yeah, to get to something. You know, and you get to see him like virtual reality. Well, these are, the, these are the steps you take on the way to something really cool. These are the technological advances you make in your operation. You know, And at some point, as they get more comfortable using the wireless technology and learning how to, how to manipulate it, um, who knows? I mean, Disney is, they, they come up with some pretty good ideas. So I see it being used over in Epcot really. Yeah. Really I think well. Epcot would be a good, uh, a good location to- for it. So, all right. So our next story this week, uh, surprisingly or not surprisingly, occupancy was down in December among, uh, area hotels. What is normally a peak travel period was anything but for many of the metropolitan Orlando area hotels. December bookings were down 4% over the previous year along with a decline in the average room rates from $102.70 per night to $101.97. Uh, the budget hotels were the only category not reporting a downturn in business. And uh, the Disney resorts were not surveyed as part of this. This does not include any of the Disney hotels. Um, the uh, Central Florida Hotel and Lodging Association is saying that they're disappointed, but that they don't think this is indicative of a long-term problem. They're saying that already this month, you know, everything seems to be on the uptick mm. in terms of uh, in terms of bookings, and they're, and they're not seeing a trend at this point. And of course, the big concern is, you know, uh, what's going to happen to the resort tax? That is, uh, for those, especially for those of you who don't live here in Orlando, the resort tax is kind of like the holy grail of 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 money in this town. And there was a huge fight that has just gone on for the last two years over whether or not to use the resort tax, the money generated from the resort tax, to build a new stadium for the Orlando Magic, I believe, and a new performing arts center. Things yeah. that have absolutely nothing to do with tourism. That, that tourism, that resort tax, is supposed to go to support the tourism uh, in, in town. And so with a downturn in uh, – if, if there's a perpetual downturn – in, in occupancy over the next several months, you're going to see people screaming. You're going to see a lot of these hotels screaming. They want that tax money back, but because uh, they use that tax money for advertising. That's yeah. That's what I just said. They use that that money supposed to be used yeah. to support the the tourism business. And it's uh, I don't know. I mean, I from my perspective, December was pretty good. If, uh, this has no reflection of what the parks were like. The parks were a madhouse yeah. in December. Yeah. I think if this is a, if, since these trends don't include Disney, yeah. I think uh, what you're seeing is that more people were just staying on Disney property. I also think you, this is an in- indication of how many off-property hotels there are now. They're building so many more hotel rooms. 
that it's just crazy. And, 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 and here's the thing, is that they're not building... They're not building hotels that are really designed to draw you in. They're just building hotels. It, they're just like, you know, we can't stand another comfort inn. We can't stand another, you know, uh, uh, Hampton Inn. Any of these business, you know, we, you, when you, you try and take a business, a hotel, a hotel brand that was created for business, and you stick it in Orlando, and then you want to put tourists in there, and then you wonder why nobody comes to your hotel. This is why you've got so many. You had so much generic cookie cutter junk. The other thing is, if you drive up International Drive near the premium outlets, the number of timeshare resorts that's going in there oh, is insane. Sick. I mean, I think we counted the other day at least eleven new properties. So I don't know if the downturn in hotel residency is including timeshare stays offset by timeshare yeah you know, i'm not sure that's the case but they're they're building two new hotels in the next year right right there at aquatica and some of those hotels are for the convention well, those will be convention hotels yeah but uh, and again if you want to talk about another brand of hotel that generally doesn't doesn't always work well in the tourism corridor are um or for tourists in, in particular are convention hotels mm. hotels that are geared almost entirely towards conventions tend not to be very good in dealing with the leisure side of things. And, I mean, we got a... But you have, like, Gaylord Palms, who... I mean, that, that was Gaylord Palms for years. Mm. They All they wanted was convention business, and they had no interest in the, uh, in, in the, in the leisure <laughs> business. And, you know, uh, recently, we just added them to the site, which is why I'm mentioning it. We just added them to the site because they really are pushing the uh, leisure, the leisure business. And they've got some good... We'll yeah. put a link up to them, but we, they got some good rates out. Yes, they do. Um, so, is that that's that per night rate has gone down? Is what you read? Right. So, does that is that an indication that there's fewer people staying, or that hotels have just lowered their price to? Well, they they really or? didn't they really didn't say yeah. uh, that if it was a uh, if it was a, a a volume thing or a redistribution of where people are staying thing, but because uh, usually that number. It is more directly reflected in the amount of tax received. They can really get a clearer picture of what the what the uh, tourist business did when they go through and they now figure out the tax for the quarter. I think the last week in December, the way Christmas fell and New Year's fell, it was like in the middle of the week. I I think that may have had something to do with uh, occupancy in that time in December too. No, I don't think it. I don't well, I that, still think those the, those parks are nuts. I yeah, mean, some they of were the busiest nuts. but some of the busiest days I've ever seen. And didn't they say there wasn't a downturn in the budget hotels? Right. No, no, the budget they, hotels were doing well. Right. I thought they said they were no Disney wasn't surveyed, the budget hotels were doing well, right? Right. They didn't take into account the Disney hotels and Disney doesn't report those facts and figures anyway. Right. No. No, Disney doesn't release any of their numbers. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see how the uh, I mean, honestly, if there is if there is a downturn in the economy, and it does start having an impact on these hotels, the you guys win because the prices they just dump the prices. I had something I was saving for later, but it kind of fits in with this conversation. Uh, if you're looking for another bargain, the airlines have now rescinded their fuel charges or fuel surcharges. Uh, American, United, Delta, Continental, U.S. Air, Northwest, American Airlines. This was a failed attempt to get more money out of people. They've all rescinded yep. that fuel surcharge and taken them off. Why? 
Because the, the first one that did it was American Airlines initiated the surcharge and no one else would support it. The other airlines originally said they would and then decided not to do yeah, it, it because Southwest said no. Yeah, the discount airlines. We talked about this last week in the airline segment. And the the American Airlines uh, was the one that started it. And we were waiting till last Sunday to see if, if the others would bite. Right. And they didn't bite. They so, also the airlines also said that they were worried about whether consumers would walk at higher fares with a downturn in the economy. Well, they have to be worried about that, right? So, but that's another thing. So, if you know, they're taking those fuel surcharges off, so we might see lower airfares again. Well, I mean, yeah, especially in Orlando. I or I, I imagine in any tourist destination during a recession, uh, whatever you want to call it, an economic downturn, prices definitely drop here. And it become and and you if you really want to see if if it hits Disney, you're going to see some great packages. You'll see them release some really great packages. They've learned that they can do that now. That's when we'll see free dining again. Mm-hmm. The last time we were in a recession, Disney hadn't learned that lesson. This time, this time I think they have. I think they know that they put free dining on something. It doesn't matter if you're scraping pennies together. You're going to do it, and it works and it works well. So we'll see what happens. All right, our last story this week is a. Uh, rather sad story. Uh, Disney Cruise Line is being sued uh, for wrongful death over the death of a, a passenger on one of their Mediterranean sailings last year. Santo Piazza tripped on the bathroom threshold um, and fell hitting his uh, the right side of his head, I believe, um, or hitting his right side. Piazza saw treatment on board, at which time the medical staff provided him with Tylenol. Uh, later on, he started vomiting and having started having difficulty breathing and was in pain. And at that point, the ship's doctor determined that uh, he had suffered rib injuries and a punctured lung. That's just scary that the doctor didn't see that the first time around. Well, I think that's the point of the the lawsuit. (laughs) Um, And uh, as a result, an emergency evacuation was ordered. Uh, The lawsuit alleges that five hours had passed before the ship headed toward uh, Sardinia uh, in order to transport him uh, to a hospital. And that when uh, they were ready to transport him to land, they used an inflatable raft, to uh, which, according to the lawsuit they're alleging, uh, made his injuries worse. And uh, in the filing, uh, Marilyn Piazza, the widow of the deceased, is claiming that her husband's fall was the result of a poorly designed bathroom threshold and that the ship's medical staff was negligent in diagnosing the injuries and that the emergency evacuation plan was faulty and caused Mr. Piazza's injuries to worsen. Uh, named in the suit are Magical Cruise Company Limited and Disney Cruise Vacations. Mrs. Piazza is seeking more than $75,000 in damages. I also know that this is uh, the father of one of, our, one of our site visitors. And one of our, uh, uh, I believe Mary Jo was on, the, uh, was on that cruise. One of our uh, agents, our Dreams Unlimited agents, mm-hmm. were Mary, on that cruise. Right. Mary Jo was on that cruise. She actually sent an email about it. I'm not going to read her email. But basically she reiterates... Um, not the specifics of the story, but the timeline in that she was with this, uh, she, she was there when she wasn't actually in the room, but she was around when the, the father fell and that he did go to the, the infirmary and it took them quite a long time to, to turn the ship around and, and head back. And it's just very, very, very sad. And, you know, we don't know what the real story is and we don't know what's going to come of it. But if, if they, if these facts are true, that he went to the infirmary and they gave him an aspirin and sent him back to the room and then later said, oh, yeah, by the way, you've got a cracked rib and a punctured lung. Mm. That's bad. Yes. That's 
horrendous is what that is. And someone should be held accountable for that. And why aren't you evacuating him off the ship on, on a helicopter? Why are you putting him on a rubber boat? Well, I, or whatever I, it is they put. I, I also think it's important to wait and see. You yeah. know how how the how the whole thing unfolds. What exactly happened? Um, I mean, I'm not. I, I mean, I wasn't there. I can't speak one way or the other. But just from my experience with Disney Cruise Line, I know that some, safety is something they take very mm-hmm. seriously, and that they, you know, they're not normally cavalier about those things. So, I'd like to wait and hear. What, yeah, it's just strange. I don't imagine them hiring a doctor who would be so just nonchalant. Especially Disney. I mean, especially I Disney Cruise Line. Yeah. They're so they're so hypersensitive to things just like this. They're, they've got a big target. Disney has a huge target on their back to get sued, and so they really go out of their way to try and mitigate circumstances like this. I mean, people can make mistakes. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying I'm not impugning the uh, the woman's story at all. I'm just saying I you know we, we I think in fairness we should wait and see uh, when all the facts come out in the lawsuit if that stuff is even made public. What what if this happened? Is settled? Did it, Disney will settle it quietly? Our thoughts should go out to the Piazza family. No, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that will do it for our, our news this week. We're going to move on to Rapid Fire. And who would like to go first? I will. We're talking about Disney Cruise Line. Okay. I have access to a, a Disney Cruise Line memo, which gives us some inf- interesting information. Uh it should excite folks who are interested in Disney Cruise Line. Disney has opened or is in the process of opening an office in London, Disney Cruise Line. While they state that this is not to say that a boat or one of the new ships will be uh, stationed in Europe, they are stating that chances are because of the success of the Mediterranean cruises that there, we will see more of them in the future. But they are opening the office in London. This will also give them uh, greater opportunity and greater access to the ship building facilities, facilities in, Germany. in Germany. And they have also announced that, sadly, they will not be putting the webcams up so that we can watch the building of the ships that they've done in the past. That Disney has I don't think, I think they want to uh, reveal what they're doing. Some, I'm sure they're doing new things to these ships, and they want that to be a surprise. Yeah, but yeah, I thought that was show like how it gets put together from the outside. Oh, I'm sure that'll be a Travel Channel special. <laughs> We're all excited about these new ships coming on board, and I think this is the first step in that one of the first uh, volleys that we're going to hear about the new ships. There's some language in there too that uh, talks about how they're going to uh, tap into the European way of cruising and getting some more. Uh, some more uh, people who are experts in how Europeans like to cruise and there's all this we don't know what we're going to do and we're not sure where the ship's going to go it leans towards the possibility of there being more Mediterranean cruises exactly. in the future exactly oh, or I at least more European cruises oh I think that's a given Yeah, I would love to see a northern European cruise hmm. I would I would love to go on any European cruise let me put it that way <laughs> <laughs> me too Kev yeah. well thank you Kevin Corey. The Harlem Globetrotters are coming to ESPN the weekend this year, um, taking place at Disney's Hollywood Studios, February 29th through March 2nd, um, from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. There's also a whole bunch of other athletes, Drew Brees, Roger Clemens, Donovan McNabb, Tony Gonzalez, um, Dante Stallworth, Sean Alexander. There's also a whole list I have of... no idea who any of those people are. Names. Roger yeah, Clemens, yeah, I've heard of. Names. Oh, Roger Clemens, I've heard of. I'm sure they'll be adding to this list, uh, depending on who wins the Super Bowl. Usually the winner uh, 
He's going to Disney World. He's going to Disney World. There's also a whole list of ESPN It didn't happen last year, you know. I don't care. Well, he had been how many times in a row? Who? What's Tom Brady? Name? No, not Is that Brady. who you're talking about? No, it was uh, the Colts. Well, I'm talking about this year. I'm sure Tom Brady oh, will be okay. there. Yeah. <laughs> now he's got time on his hands. Yeah. They, um, for those who aren't familiar with ESPN The Weekend, there's, whole, um, there's a whole lineup of different activities. Um, they'll be recording live and tape segments from their, uh, from their TV programs and radio productions. There's going to be a uh, celebrity motorcade, uh, broadcasting from the Sorcerer's Hat, all kind of interactive things. So. That thing's grown over the last few years for, to really be something special. People you know, I've never for. been. Yeah, well, the, the sorcerer's hat <laughs> <laughs> just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Aren't the Harlem Globetrotters old at this point? No, they no keep... you're, those are the Harlem Globetrotters. You're <laughs> Is that you what I said? Yeah, <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters. They've been around for some time. I mean, they were really. Well, but they, they, like they, they, they always they switch like them Menudo. Out. They switch yeah. them out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah it's not. These are not eighty-five year old men. It's not the ones from nineteen twenty-nine. They were old when I was a kid. Be like seventy six years old. Out there. Like the menudo of basketball. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The, the longest uh, winning streak. In Ricky Martin. They're funny. History, They're hilarious. Yeah, I like, I, them. I like them on Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. They, they were old too. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. Uh, Mrs. Martin. Nothing like an animated Harlem Glo- Globe yeah. Trotter, right? And you have completely reached the wrong audience <laughs> Okay, I have a rapid fire, Peter. My rapid fire is about Valentine's Day. And I just wanted you guys to know that on the website, we do have a page with lots of really cool romantic ideas. So if you want to go and take a look, we'll have the link in the show notes. Cool. Thank you very much. Mr. Varley? I have a rapid fire, Peter. And registration for the 2008 Orlando Muddy Buddy is now open. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I'm I'm just, I'm not going to say anything. The Muddy Buddy is something that happens at the Wide World of Sports. 2008 Muddy Buddy register at... Keep w- saying Muddy Buddy. www.muddybuddy.com. And uh, it's May 10th this year at the Wide World of Sports. And it's a unique running and biking race. And it's a um, 6.5-mile course. And there's five obstacles out on the course. And at the start of the race, one member runs and the other one rides a bike. At the first obstacle, the rider will drop the bike, compete, complete the obstacle, and begin running. The runner will arrive, complete the obstacle, find the bike, and then begin riding. And that alternates back and forth. It sounds very amazing race. Yeah. And uh, what happens is, and rate... Okay, who wants to do this and why? People. They're, there's going to be a lot of people doing this. Is this is nowhere near as much fun as the Muddy Buddy I had pictured in my head. <laughs> no, but at the very end, I'm going to this thing. And I want to know anybody that signs up for it. Send Anybody send want to be Bob's Muddy Buddy? Uh, no. oh, to us. Corey, you want to be my Muddy Buddy? Oh, no. no. <laughs> oh, but at the very end, there's a infamous mud pit that both of them have to... The, the one that gets there the first has to wait for the other one to get there. And then they, they go through the infamous mud pit to cross the finish line together. Disney mud wrestling. Uh, participants must be 14 years old by May 10th of 2008. Uh, entry fee is $145 per team, plus the option to purchase theme park tickets and a post-race barbecue. You have to pay to get money. Yeah. 
And you uh, have to be 14. Actually, the the additional tickets, it's uh, you can get uh, $35 for each team eligible to up to eight uh, theme park tickets. So that's pretty cool. It'd be so, cool to go watch it. Yeah. I mean, you start out with the bike, and then you, you do the run. So I don't know if I could do the run. I think run. they should make it a unicycle. But the thing is, uh, like I said, there was five obstacles, and I think it's going to be something I think you should sign up. Well, I think you should I, actually do it. I want to know if anybody does sign up. Maybe we can cover the event. We're going to cover the event anyway. I'm going to go. Well, I'm glad you've decided that. So. This sounds like a couple's thing to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? But it's interesting. Six point six point five miles. Doing I mean, I'm sorry. You wanted me to go fishing at like 4 a.m. <laughs> But I thought, you know, I like to find things that are a little different, different. and that's one of them. I like how Bob says we're going to cover it like we're the wide world of sports. Yeah, really. so we're going to cover it. I'm sorry. I'm we're going to be at the mud pit. <laughs> the agony of defeat. And the start line. Probably they'll start I think Corey and Julie should have to go. I volunteer them. That's my rapid fire. All right. Thank you, Bob. Um, I've got uh, two, actually. Um, one is that uh, Starship starring Mickey Thomas. We're going. Is going to be at Velvet Sessions on the th- on July on July January thirty first. Uh, for those who don't know, Velvet Sessions is a twenty one and over event that is held in the lobby of the Hard Rock Hotel the last Thursday of every month. So twenty five dollars per person. You have to have reservations, and it is like literally twenty one and over, no kids. Um, and they have uh, they turn the lobby of the Hard Rock into a uh, a concert venue, and these. Acts from the 70s and the 80s, and I don't think any from the 90s, but uh, come in and, and they play for an hour, and there's drinks and hors d'oeuvres, and it's a really cool time. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Yeah, we're so, going Thursday. You're going to go? Yeah. A girlfriend of mine, she asked me if we wanted to go, so we're going to go. So, yep, it's this Thursday, uh, the 31st. And uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is this uh, is just to discuss, just to talk about a little bit about Disney's newest, this newest scam they're pulling on the holidays with jacking up the price of the buffets. Mm-hmm. This, to me, is absolutely positively the most egregious thing they have done in a very long time. It is blatant, it is unnecessary, and it is just, it's, it just, it's abject greed. Uh, if you are going to eat at a buffet uh, on Disney property between March 16th and March 30th, you are going to pay more during those two weeks than you would at other times. Simply because it's a holiday. Now, to justify this, they're throwing a couple of extra things on the menu. Nothing that justifies the price increase. The price of these buffets, especially for the general quality of food they put out, which is not very good a lot of times. They got some nerve charging a premium over, uh, over, the, over the holidays. I just think it is really... Really and truly is really messed up. You realize this is not the first time they've done no, it. No, I know it's not oh, the okay. first time they've done it, I, but they started doing it last year. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned it then. I was hoping it wasn't going to become a trend. Now it's a trend. And at this point, really and truly, it's just, but they've got you stuck. What are you going to do? You're going to go off property and eat breakfast? No, you're not. And this is, I'm sorry, this is just, I think it's, it's bad business. I think it's, it's just greedy. You're just being you're just being greedy. It's like you're not getting enough for you, for this food. It's like you're not already over grossly overcharging for the food that you're serving most of the time. Thirty three ninety nine for Cinderella's happily ever after dinner. That's well. I just want to say I just want to say to Disney, keep it up. 
Keep it up. Eventually, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. You're going to go too far one of these days. People are going to stop coming. Over stuff like this, this is where you're going to lose people. This kind of obvious greed. You need to make more money. Come up with a creative reason, a creative way to do it. Give us some entertainment while you're robbing us. Mm. Instead of this nonsense, you already you, you, this mediocre ass food you serve as it is, and now you're going to jack the price up because it's the holiday. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You're already charging premium hotel rates because this is peak season, yeah. right? This, this is, is yeah, this isn't on top of spending four hundred dollars a night for your hotel okay. room, a, a hotel room that any place else in the world would go for half that. And people are already there, and they have to eat or they have to do something, and so I, I'm surprised they haven't figured out a way to charge more for tickets on peak season. No, don't you? You know what? You might have just given them a really good oh, idea. Oh, <laughs> they have the Pirates and Princess Party. Well, and but, folks, yeah. if you don't think they're listening to us, they're listening. So, I just I, I had to get that out there. I just wanted to go on record and say I think they're a bunch of vile pigs for doing that. So, John, what do you have? <laughs> <laughs> that was actually going to be one of my rapid fires, but I'm glad, no, I'm sorry. I, no, I'm glad you did it because he wouldn't have used the word vile pigs. I wouldn't have used. Yeah, there's a little more channel, channeling Elton John, oh, you vile pig. Disney Vacation Club has 2009 point charts released. Um, all that's up on the site. So for those of you Disney Vacation Club members who are listening, you can now plan your 2009 vacations. Cool. Really cool. All right. Links to all this stuff is going to be on our show notes page. That's podcast.wdwinfo.com. And uh, actually, you'll also find uh, you can sign up for our mailing list there. We uh, A lot of these random prizes that we give away, we draw those names from our... Uh, from our mailing list. So you can sign up there. You can also get more information on our podcast cruise and our photo contest, which I forgot to mention at the top of the show, which is going on through the 29th of February. So lots of opportunities to win things, lots of opportunities to sign up for things. John, that point thing, you just plug in the dates that you want to look at, and that tells you the pricing. Is that what how it goes? On the no, the charts are up there. The calculator is not updated oh, the calculator? in 2009 yet. Good segue, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> That Sorry. thing you just put in and you plug it. All right. Well, that will do it for Rapid Fire this week, folks. All right. Our next segment is Julie Martin it did uh, China this week. Yes, yes, In I her did. store tour segment. And she has a report for us and some goodies. Of course. I always bring goodies. Well, you guys already have your, your almond pancakes. The almond pancakes were very good. I have to say I like them very much. They're like little quarter size. Fortune cookies with almonds in them. They look like bottle caps. I'm disappointed that there's no roofies in them. <laughs> <laughs> there's my first joke, guys. Everything else, everything else coming out of China has roofies in them. Okay, I have something else for you, but I need to know whether you like rose or jasmine scented things better. Jasmine. Bob? Rose. Yay. What about you guys? Jasmine. Rose. What is this? Incense. Well, and there's a little tiny well. burner. Oh wow! Oh, wow! Really cool. Thank you. <laughs> it is a really uh, wow. That's very cool. Are there roofies in these? Uh, <laughs> possibly. Try to eat one. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. I'll See put what this happens in my car. Tell me about it. So I hope you guys enjoy. Thank but you, we Julie. Did, we did go to China, and the name of their shopping gallery is Yongbing Shangding. Did I do well? Wow! <laughs> I don't know, but it sounded good. <laughs> sounded very, very good. We have no way of knowing if that's correct or not. <laughs> well, someone write in that one of our. Our Asian listeners and let me know if that sounded well or not. So anyway, they have painted scrolls uh, depicting. Oh no, we're all talking kinds. about we're talking about roofies, and we have Asian listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> painted scrolls depicting all kinds of. In- I can't talk. Okay. 
It was trying to was trying to say the name of the store. <laughs> it just got your tongue all tied up. So, okay. <clears throat> These scrolls, they have images of either Chinese ladies, tigers, or characters from the Chinese alphabet. Some of them are rather small, and then some are very large. You know, perfect for a nice size wall in your home. Uh, they have kanji stones, which are smooth, gray stones, and they have either peace, longevity, dream, harmony, patience, words like that printed on them along with the Chinese character. Uh, those are only two ninety five. I thought they would ma- might make a good little souvenir, you know, mm-hmm. something easy to take home. They also have these really large wood carvings. They're Tang monks. They stand about five feet tall. Um, they're $1,995. Wow. <laughs> a lot of your more expensive um, souvenirs are going to be found here. What are they made out of? They're wood. They're just made out of mm-hmm. wood. Wood-carved tang wood monks. Wood-carved tang monks. Um, there's two of them that I saw, and both for the same price. I didn't see any more of those. I'm assuming those were the only two they have, or maybe they've sold a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really? You really never know. There was a run, run on tang monks. Yeah. <laughs> a $2,000 tang monks. They better stock up. There would be a run coming up. One of the most interesting things that I found was the Beijing Croissant Ware. It's actually several hundred years old. One of the first instances of it is 1450 AD. What it is, it's like a vase or an egg, and it's a copper body with wire inlaid enamel. So it's really wow. intricate uh, design work and beautiful colors. Um, these were quite pricey as well. What well, kind of like a Fabergé egg almost yes. type of? Mm-hmm. Except hard, hardier, stronger. And like, what it, what it, it didn't feel like it was going to break when you touched it. Not so fragile. Yeah. When you How say much pr- were they? Oh, yeah. oh, these were like $50, $100. I mean, big price range because it's kind of an ancient art of theirs. Right. Um, I'm going to correct myself. It's cloisonne. <clears throat> There are also Chinese Zodiac um, T-shirts, cards, kids' clothing, jewelry, posters, canvas tote bags, and mugs. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Chinese Zodiac, but every time you go to a Chinese restaurant, they have like a normally like a paper placemat in front mm. of you, and it'll say like year of the dog, you know, for say, I don't know what 2008 is, but for example. Year of the rat. It's the year of the rat this yes, year? Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, I'm a monkey. I know that you're a dragon, Peter, because you're well, you're the only one besides Corey that I knew the birth year. <laughs> <laughs> and then 77, Corey, I think, I want to say that you're a rat, too. You were born in 1977? Yep. Ten, you are a rat. 10777. Seven, seven. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So we've got a rat, a monkey, and a dragon, for sure. I think I'm a rooster. Oh, yeah? Do you know what you are, Bob? I'm 52, so... Oh, I'd have to look it up. Not 52 years old, but... <laughs> 50, 50, year 52. I'll have to look that up and let you know. Bob so. was born in 1852. <laughs> His social security number is three. Three, right behind Donna. Bob's is one. Zodiac sign is the amoeba. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the Chinese zodiac is really cool, and I'm kind of partial to the monkey. So, the next expensive item on the list, they have Peking lion statues. Now, these are—I don't know if you guys are familiar with Chinese art, but the. The standard face, it's kind of flat, and the, the nice big curls on the mane and stuff, it's just really beautiful. They come as a pair, and they're $695. I think they'd look great in front of on someone's front porch. <laughs> I, mean, I hate to see what the shipping charge would be on Exactly. Those. That's what I was thinking about all this stuff, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, why don't you Because those things are heavy. Oh, mm-hmm. Don't try to pick them up. They have a very large candle selection. In this store, um, DC Young Candle and Soap Collection. It's made from non-toxic biodegradable soy wax, and they come in either a glass jar for nineteen ninety-five or a tin for nine ninety-five. 
So kind of a little travel candle for you there. Uh, some of the scents they have, Plumeria, Jasmine, China Rain, Lemongrass, and Hainan Beach. These were a little powerful. Were they? <laughs> I thought about buying you guys one, but they were just so strong. So I like a I strong candle. I mean, they candle. were good scents, some of them, but I just wasn't too sure about the overpowering. Kevin, you like the lemongrass, right? You have the... I do. I like the smell of lemongrass. You yeah. do? Mm-hmm. I like the Bath and Body Works, but this was like, whew, knock you on your feet, lemongrass. They have square pillars with oriental designs like cherry blossoms or bamboo, tea light sets. They have square tapers made by Maroma. These were incredible colors and smells. I really liked those. And then candle chunks. Little pieces of candles. I guess you could buy a burner um, like you do for a tart. Oh, that's a cool idea. And they're just little chunks, Eight ninety five a bag. They have cinnamon, fruit scented, and sand and sea. <clears throat> they look really good. Yeah, they never even thought they, to they do that. Edible. Like a, a candle that had burned down too much that you really yeah, can't just break it up. They break have those up. things now where you can. Um, they have the warmers. Like you can put it. It's something that's like uh, heat proof. You can put the leftover candle in the warmer and mm-hmm. it melts it down and you get the the aroma from it. So you're not wasting. You know, when you, especially if you buy from Pier One and you're paying eighteen dollars yeah. for a candle. Well, that's what I mean. I've got a lot of those around this house right now. <laughs> We're gonna come next week, and Peter's gonna be with his knife chopping up his candle. I go through I, I go through candle phases. I'm a, a big candle fan, and I go through candle phases. I went through my Pier One candle phase, and I'm back into Yankee candles all of a sudden. And support. those are very potent. I love it. Oh, my God. I, I can't so stand good. walking in that store. It's so overpowering. Well, the, walking in the store is difficult. Yeah, yeah. it's too it's too much. But you. Get a good one. You get a good mm-hmm. one and burn it for an hour. I mean, because I mean, my house is pretty pretty big, and I just burn one of those, one of those in in the family room, and it an hour great. later, the entire house has it. So I have to say, I'm a big fan of soy wax candles. I prefer them to the traditional um, wax that they use. It's a cleaner burn. Yeah, it is a much cleaner. It's a much cleaner fragrance too. One of the most popular items I think would be in this store would be the Jing teapots and sets. They are cool colors. They have intricately carved designs. They have small and large pots. Some of them are actually little sets, you know, with the the cute little teacups. They don't have handles on them. You know, it looks almost like a shot glass, mm-hmm. except it's a little bit rounder. And these were priced anywhere from forty two dollars upwards to two hundred and twenty five dollars. Wow. Do you know why I was told that those don't have handles on them? I thought it was really interesting. It was explained to me that the Chinese people didn't put handles on their cups because that's how you could tell if the the tea was too hot. If you could hold the cup with a with a candle on it, you take the yeah. risk of burning yourself. Mm. By removing the handle, you take that risk away because if the cup is too hot to pick up, you won't burn your tongue. That's very smart. Mm. But I learn big, something new every day. I, I, just, I heard that story one time and I thought it was really cool. That is good. But mm. I'm a big fan of tea mm. and I love teapots. And I found one that I liked. <laughs> it's noted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there was stuff noted before Christmas. Did any of that stuff come through? Uh, some no. of it. No, but- <laughs> <laughs> no, he just likes noting, noted. <laughs> Julie, we have to explain to you, when you see it, you buy it. That yeah, noting and stuff. I know, but I go to Epcot all the time. So if I really got a hankering for it, I can, I'll can. i get it. A hankering. Yeah, that- <laughs> she gets a hankering. That noted is going to get well, pretty photos. I'll take photos and oh, you know, sure. then, then I forget about them. So, okay. The next thing was horrible smelling. It was Addy Brand Jasmine Soap. Do not buy this soap. <laughs> oh, really? It just, I did not like the way it smelled at all. And it was only a dollar, so that kind of tells you. <laughs> Probably why you it's know, a me, dollar. We don't like cheap soaps at this table. <laughs> I know Kevin's in that boat with me. They also have Himalayan bath salts, which I thought were very nice. The next item 
was the funniest item that we found. I made Corey take a photo of the tag on the back of it. They are plastic or melamine or melamine diningware. Now, these are traditional little Chinese plates, you know, that you would see in a restaurant or wherever with the cool designs on them. Well, on the back, there's a sticker that says FDA approved. <gasps> no, <laughs> really? Yeah, it's funny. <sighs> so then I was looking everywhere for these stickers trying to find out if everything was FDA approved. <laughs> melamine was big in the 60s. We yeah. had that when I was a kid. It yeah. was your, your plates were melamine. Yeah. And that's just really hard plastic and of course they have the saucers bowls the spoons the normal size plates um, everything and they also have this stuff made in glass as well which i thought was a lot nicer and then chopsticks and placemats of course they also had these chinese ornaments which resembled the croissant cloisonne cloisonne (laughs) i'm never gonna get that word i'm gonna have a bob day and <laughs> these were smaller. They look like Christmas tree ornaments to me, but more than likely they're not. I'm not sure. They have a pickle? Christmas happens in China. They have a pickle. They did not have no, a pickle. No, no Christmas but, does not happen in China. Well, I mean, I, there, I mean, there is there is a Christian population in China. But. I mean, very beautiful, um, intricate design and color work. They had like pineapples, hummingbirds, little mice, um, a praying mantis, which was really cool looking. I mean, I could have. Bought some of these suckers up, but they were eighteen dollars and up for you know smaller mm-hmm. ornaments. Mm. Of course, you can't forget your Chinese music. Uh, I have any fans of An Yao out mm. there? <laughs> That's what I'm listening to on my iPod. <laughs> also, Chinese folk music, and then you can also buy a CD with nothing but bamboo flute music on it. That's my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> and. In the, in the case in the store, they have these little miniature instruments. I'm not sure what these are for, if they're just like to sit around your house and decorate or if they actually are usable. <laughs> but they're really tiny little horns and guitars and drum sets, um, violins. It was very strange to me. And then they also have golden cup harmonicas, which are full size. These are made in China, so be careful putting your lips on them. <laughs> <laughs> They were the unleaded variety. Yeah. <laughs> not sure about everything and whether or not it's FDA approved. Now, all throughout the store, you'll find porcelain and jade sculptures. I mean, everywhere you turn, they're everywhere. Large ones, small ones. There are Buddhas, um, Chinese beauties, they call them. Um, clipper ships, flowers, small running fountains. There was a sleeping pig with a pillow. <laughs> what? And it was a real pillow. This was the funniest thing. I wanted to buy it. It was a real pillow? It was a real pillow, and it was this, I don't know, it was like six inches long, a little pig, laying down like it was asleep with its little pillow. That's cute. It was cute, but I just didn't understand. So, anyway. The furniture in the store, it's all being used, obviously, to sit some of the other articles that are for sale on top of them. Well, you can buy everything in the store. So, say you see a desk, and it has tons of stuff on top of it. If you look at it closely, you'll see that it has a sticker on it. Well, we found a rosewood and marble desk that was absolutely gorgeous. Wow. Buffet tables. Um, they had this really cool fold-up bar that was totally enclosed in itself. So you open it up, and you pull out. It has all these little compartments for wine and your liquor and stuff, and then the, the top of it opens out to be a full bar. That was like $1,400. It's wow. nice, but it's, you know, it's pretty gaudy. Yeah, you know, some all, of these things, the you know, stuff on the it. Chinese decorating and stuff. But some of them are rather tasteful. Yeah. Um, I found quite a few... Jewelry boxes that I liked. They have jewelry boxes, chests, and jewelry armoires. I mean, these huge. Really? Yes. And you know me and my jewelry. <laughs> I'm like, I need one of these. I want a jewelry armoire. 
As well, they have room dividers, chairs, and tables. She buys the armoire and looks at Corey and goes, fill it. Fill it. Yeah, yeah well, the funny thing is... <laughs> and is Corey he, says, noted. No, he bought me a bigger jewelry box last year because I was outgrowing the one my mother had given me as like a, a little girl. She's and it's very nice. And I'm like, baby, I already need a new one. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake. It's the way it should be. <laughs> I made so. the mistake one year giving Diana a, a jewelry box and... It, and she opened it. She says, oh, now you got to fill it. And it's like, oh, God. So I've been filling it ever since. <laughs> Till you die, Bob. Till you die. I know. Oh. They also have oriental rugs, um, two-by-four runners, uh, four-by-six size carpets, and they also have the really large floor carpets for sale on there as well. And, of course, they offer shipping, so if you did buy something here, it would be no problem getting it home. Just may put a big hole in your pocket. <laughs> Fashion jewelry, of course. They offer everything that you could possibly imagine um, with turquoise, jade, and coral. The snacks they have are things like rock candy, the almond pancakes that I brought for you guys to try, and the chinhua cookies. Chinese teas can be found here. Fujoy Tea Company teas and tea buds. Ten ren teas, mostly green tea and jasmine tea. Uh, incense, like I gave you guys, cone or stick. Scents like rose and jasmine and bamboo. They have sets that come with their own burner. We actually came across this huge jade incense burner that was $12,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> they have some really, I mean, even if you just want to go so into it's not, a book. So it's not really a collection of chumpy, no. cheapo no, Chinese a lot of stuff. They have stuff here. your chumpy, yeah. cheapo stuff. I but mean, they also have the nice stuff. But in this store is where your nicer stuff is. Like the chumpy things, like the puppets and the, yeah. you know, the little stuff for kids you'll find in the outdoor little markets. There's one in front of the pavilion. There's one actually directly outside the mm-hmm. main shopping gallery. And then, of course, the one in the very back where when you go on the Little China show or tour, you dump out right there. Right. You know, it's where you exit. And that's where you find all that kind of stuff. The clothing they have is all silk with the embroidery, um, shirts and dresses, long and short, sandals, robes, jackets, slippers, scarves, everything you could possibly imagine for men, women, and children. The dress I looked at was $110, so it's quite pricey. Um, the miscellaneous silk items, like you were talking about, you know, you see all have that same kind of silk fabric on them. It could be a CD case, a purse. I mean, anything that they can put this silk fabric on, they put it on. Mm. Um, Lotus Collection porcelain dolls, which were really nice for children. They're starting at $60. Um, you can buy Lucky Bamboo here. It's already planted for you. Oh, that's that green. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like got twists in it and everything. They have crystal picture frames here, which uh, reminded me of Germany a little bit. But they were quite nice, $50 and up. Do they have fraudulent pickles? <laughs> no, no fraudulent <laughs> pickles in China. <laughs> but they do already have the Beijing 2008 Olympic gear there. Um, you know, pins, mugs, lanyards, T-shirts. But they also have these really weird Pokemon-looking creatures with the 2008 Olympic like T-shirt on them. You know? Oh, that might be the mascot. Have you, the, yeah, have you seen that? Strange. Have you seen the logo on the mascot? The, the logo is great, but the mascot is a little strange-looking. Very weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'll pass on those. The end case jewelry they had is all jade and coral and gold or silver. I think one of the best places for jewelry, in my opinion, especially if you're into jade or coral. Mm. Um, crystal jewelry as well. Uh, they have these weird animals made with seed pearls. <laughs> it's really strange. They're covered in seed pearls. They had like horses and birds. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Men's cufflinks and lucky karma beads. Lucky chi- karma beads? Mm-hmm. Their little bracelets that you probably would like that, Bob. Well, maybe. <laughs> no. um, and then they, the China ware that they sell is Jing Dezen. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Let me see. 
but they are. Oh yeah, you're going to help her out with the Chinese. <laughs> they are beautifully painted bases of all sizes. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll find a language he's good at. Yeah, <laughs> just keep trying, Bob. And the most expensive vase that we saw was actually four thousand dollars. Wow, wow. They sell swords, of course, all sizes, and some with ivory carved handles. And then there are the reproductions of the terracotta soldiers that were found in one of the the ancient. Um, Emperor's tombs. They look like the survivor immunity idols. <laughs> they do. These have a moving head. Ooh, like a, a bobble head? <laughs> the bobble it's head. not a bobble. It actually comes all the way off. You can pull it off. Oh, that's interesting. Corey did. Put stuff in it. They're only $60, which I thought they'd be more expensive, and they're approximately two feet tall. It's funny. They, I, we were in there, and I, I really would like one of those. They're cool. They really are. And they also have a book right next to them called Imperial Tombs of China, which can tell you a lot more about it. And then I also I talked about the China the Chinese market the open air market at the very end when you come off the ride this is where you're going to find your Chinese books books on feng, feng shui books on language books on meditation calligraphy the art of war which reminded me of Survivor this past season mm-hmm. and then Zen lessons and traditional Chinese medicine and health secrets you'll also find the healthy balls here mm-hmm. do what? you guys <laughs> pause insert joke here she yeah. wanted, she wanted to get y'all balls. I wanted to get y'all gifts. healthy balls, but he wouldn't let me. Are, are the ones I have unhealthy? <laughs> no. Do you know something I don't? No. Are you privy to information I don't have? I was going to tell y'all, I was going to say, since you already have one set, I got you a brass set. Oh. <laughs> Do you know the balls that you, you play you in your hands them. when you spin them? You put them in your yeah, hands. Yeah, fam- I've been no. familiar with them since I was about four, 13. Well, you yeah, 12, 13 years old. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All I can say is I can't do it. I'm not capable. I can do it with one them. hand, but I can't do it with the other hand. Really? Mm-hmm. It's weird. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's called uncoordinated. You can't talk about balls at this table without <laughs> a bunch of eighth grade bathroom humor. Oh. I wasn't joking. I really can do it with one hand, and, without, with, and can't do it with the I'm other. I'm not hand. capable. <laughs> But paper fans and feng shui cats are found here, as well as more jade and porcelain buddhas and Kit Kat. Kid Cot's fun for the kids. There are always... A, I just licked my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was about. It was accidental. You just, something possessed you to lick the microphone? I was about to say something this and I was tasty. too close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. An editing nightmare. Oh, my. This is an no, editing there are minefield. always a lot of children in Kidcot when we're in these places. There really are. Yeah. I mean, each each country has one, and people should check them out. I think a lot miss them. I have to ask you, Bob, did you get, um, what's your puppet? What's his name? Harold. Harold. Did you get him at China? Harold? No, I got Harold on uh, Hollywood Boulevard over at uh, oh, Hollywood Studios. They have some puppets in China yeah. that look like him. They do. Okay. But... <laughs> We had a, a guy, a very nice guy, sell us one, and he spent about half an hour teaching Brian how to really work with him. His cool. name was P.T. Barnum, right? No, it's George. That's all yeah. I have. It was an absolutely beautiful place to go and look around and spend some time if you know if you have time. <laughs> I think that's the largest of the shops. It is. It's huge. That it reminds me a lot of Japan. I actually think that China is bigger. I think China is bigger really? as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you get way, way back in the back there, that, that shop is really It doesn't huge. feel like it because I think it's wider, but it goes further back, it feels like to me. so. It's almost like a department store. It was great. I loved it. I think I might um, dress up like a Chinese woman for Halloween. I really like those dresses. There you go, Corey. <laughs> That was my idea, actually. You can do the <laughs> you can do the uh, warrior, and we have photos of all all the things that Julie was talking yes, about. Yes, of course. Corey always takes great photos. So. Of course, thank we'll you. have thank that. Thank you for our stuff. Yeah, oh, we'll, you're welcome. Yes, thank you. We'll have that up on uh, 
photos uh, up on the show notes page. I hope you guys don't think that I think you smell bad because I always break things that smell <laughs> Soap <bad>. and scents. <laughs> Jeez, give I'm like, clean up. yourselves. What did you get? You got, you got Jasmine, and what did I get? Aladdin? <laughs> no, but I'm ch- I got Rose. Well, I liked the Diana Rose, but I Rose. Jasmine. Smell the other too. end where there's an opening. I did. It's good. All right, well, thank you very much, Julie. All right, we're going to move on, and next up, we're going to do Forum Watch. We haven't done that in a few weeks. And uh, this is where we discuss some of the threads that we're finding on our discussion forums at disboards.com. It also gives me an opportunity to plug the podcast forum. We have a, a one forum dedicated solely to our, our show, and I never plug it. I never mention it on the show for some reason. I keep forgetting every week to do that. Got a great group of listeners who uh, are regulars on that board. We have a lot of uh, very lively conversation, always always fun. And uh, so absolutely go check that out. Just go to disboards.com and look for the Dis Unplugged podcast forum. And uh, who wants to start off? I'll go. Yeah, Corey. Um, this one's titled Epcot World Showcase Yummies. It was posted by T.L. Swift on the Disney World Tips Board. Um, what were your favorite tasty treats from each country? Mm-hmm. And I have a, have a list of, uh, of some from the post. Just about anything from the bakery in France. <laughs> uh, funnel cake in the USA. Shaved ice in Japan. Oh, the shaved ice. I love that. What is it? Uh, Kakigori. Kakigori. Yeah. I love that stuff. I always make them put more, more like uh, the syrup. syrup on it. The uh, fish and chips in the UK. This is also like for you, uh, for you Catholics out there. If you find yourself during Lent at Epcot on a Friday, this is a good stop to get yeah. something. Um, and it's very good fish and chips. It's yeah. like yeah. fresh and the uh, in Germany soft pretzels, chocolate candy from basically any of the countries, especially Italy, mm-hmm. um, China egg rolls, Norway cinnamon buns, the mango margarita. In Mexico, it's my favorite. The uh, and another one, another one of Julie's favorites is the uh, the Grey Goose Citron Lemonade in France. It's you can buy it at one of those little, the little outside kiosk area. I can nice. try that. I, They're I very refreshing, and then yeah. you don't taste that like you're having a lot of alcohol. Oh really? Yeah. And my favorite is the Black and Tan at the UK pub. <laughs> and that's a beer. It's it's two beers. Two beers. It's, uh, Guinness, Bass, or Harp. Either one. Black and Tan. I am completely ignorant of all things beer. <laughs> well, Guinness is a dark beer, so that's where you get the black and the tan comes from either the bass or the, the harp, and they put it on top of each other. It's a okay. two-tone beer. Anybody have any uh, any favorites that weren't mentioned? I, I, I have to... Uh, did, did you mention... Uh, uh, whatchamacallit? Uh, Dull Whips. No. In, in this, this comes from each one of the countries. Oh, this is just Epcot. Just Epcot. Oh, I'm World sorry. Showcase. I'm sorry. I'm thinking yeah. all of Disney. You got me perked troops. up there thinking I, <laughs> I, can, get Dole Whip I can go to Dole Whip in Epcot. <laughs> I don't know what the parameters are, but we like to just go to France and get a bowl of soup. Yeah, yeah someone also food. posted uh, the cheddar cheese soup in Canada. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that, that's a given. So if you I have to, any favorite ones, go post them I on like this thread. I like to get thread. the, the, the Frank, Frankfurt out of Germany. That's pretty cool. With a sauerkraut on it. I like that. Cool. Well, thank you That's very that. much, Corey. Who else? I have one. Kevin. Mine is from the Disney Cruise Line board, and it is entitled Shore Excursions Fully Booked, and it's by Gala J Zero. And I apologize if that's not how that's pronounced but that's the screen name and they want to know that they're going on the uh, cruise in february and they're trying to book their shore excursions while 
on the Disney Cruise Line website, and it's showing that the excursion is sold out. And what the folks have told them is that Disney Cruise Line will hold back a lot of spaces in those excursions for once you get on board. They do that with things like Palo and uh, spa appointments also. This is for people who don't have access to the internet or for folks who are traveling who haven't had a chance to go on and book some of that stuff. Right. Once you get on board, there should be availability for some of the things that you want to do. However... You will have to do that fairly quickly because the more popular stuff is going to sell out eventually. But chances are very good that you'll still have an opportunity to book that once you get on board. Cool. It was just a quick one. It's not. All right. John. Mine is from the Theme Parks Board, and it's titled, Show Me a Picture, Prove Me Wrong. Uh, I apologize. I didn't write down the original poster's board name. But this is a, I found this an interesting thread. What people have done is... What this person has done is sort of made a challenge, and they said, show us a picture that you've taken anywhere in Walt Disney World to see if you're the only one who has that picture. Hmm. And sort of the parameters are, it can't be, okay, this is my father with, you know, a character. It has to be something that can be reproduced. Like our photo that we have, and uh, you have it too, um, in Florence. We took a photo, and it's the photo of your head, the back of your head. It's the exact same spot. So weird. It's like from the same yeah. angle and everything. Yeah. And it's really cool because there's things like people took some obscure pictures like the um, – I forget what you call them. Wait. I'm sorry. Hold on a second. When were you in Florence with him? We weren't. That's we what were. I'm saying. It's so weird because times. we have the but exact same have, photo. How did you have the back of his head? It well, I saw the photo that they had I of took the a back picture. of his oh, head. Oh, 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 oh. I thought your photo had Mm-mm, the back of his head. That You were both taking the photo at the same time. He knew what I was talking about. <laughs> sorry, Peter. It was in one of the piazzas, mm-hmm. and it was of a certain... I took a it picture. It has a P name on the top of the yeah, building. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. And John, I have the back of John's head in the photo. They went to the same piazza. And, and ha- just so happened, took Corey the took this exact same photo. Wow. <laughs> and in this thread, there's an example of someone took a picture of a stanchion at one of the moderate resorts, and it has a Mickey head on it. And someone else said, I have that exact same picture. That's cool. So it's kind of cool to see what people have come up with, and it's a really, really long thread. So I say go check it out. Somebody on that, I read that thread, and somebody on that thread had a picture from one of the top of the hotels, and it was the three ferry boats crossing. Mm-hmm. And they don't usually have the three ferry boats out at one time. They were replacing one of the ferry boats. So one was coming out of service, and the other one was coming in service. And that happened just as the third ferry boat crossed. You know what's another interesting picture from that thread? Is at a certain angle, you can see the Tower of Terror behind Morocco. And that's one of those things that the Imagineers have figured out, that the Tower of Terror's coloring would actually fit in a Moroccan theme. So it was okay. It wouldn't ruin the line of sight for Morocco. That's Hmm. cool. Huh. Interesting. Very interesting. Fun thread. Go check it out. Cool. Thank you very much, John. Bob. Pete, I have one from the Disneyland board, and it's about... uh, trip in April or fall of 2008 and it's from Sean 429 and he's looking for advice as to what the best time is it better to go in April or the fall of 2008 and there's there's some uh, some good advice out there uh, one of the things was actually Sundays are pretty busy as many Southern Cal AP uh, holders are blocked out I would say September 3rd week to see the Halloween stuff going up would be a good time. Uh, They're going uh, September 17th to the 20th. And then uh, 
Another comment on the thread is, if you have a hot set on the electric parade, go in April. The parade is not shown at all during September. So those are just some of the tips that are that are on the thread for if you are going to plan a trip for Disneyland. It's, and actually, uh, it dovetails well into mine. Uh, mine is also from the Disneyland board. It's uh, a question. It's a, a post about uh, how to get uh, the best the best strategies for taking advantage of early entry Magic Mornings at Disneyland. And it's a really nice it's a really nice thread in terms of suggestions about uh, you know what explaining what exactly Magic Mornings is at Disneyland when it happens um, how you can get them how you can get access to early mornings any any ticket of three days or more gives you early mornings at disneyland it's not like out here where you've got to be a resort guest as long as you have a three day or longer ticket you automatically get um uh, magic mornings that's a nice feature and you know it, it goes into explain what attractions are open um and all any any questions you might have about magic mornings at disneyland and this this plays in also to our uh our trip planning 101 segment this week on Disneyland. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to do to do this one, but it's a uh, really nice it, it, it's it's good information. It's real good solid information it's posted by uh well, let me get up here and look. DLR29 uh posted this thread and uh go check it out. So, Mrs. Martin Mine comes from the Disney Trip Planning Forum for Adults and Solo Travelers. It's titled, What Bars Have You Enjoyed Sitting At and Having a Drink? And I'm adding, Or People Watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's started by New Holiday X2. There are 63 posts and it's five pages long. I really didn't expect it to be that long. A um, <clears throat> couple of the places that were mentioned, uh, Tune In Lounge, Dawa Bar. Actually, that those two are mentioned quite a few times throughout the whole thread. Um, Victoria's Lounge at Animal Kingdom Lodge. The Port Orleans French Quarter Scat Cat Club. Tambu Lounge, which is one of mine and Corey's favorites at the Polynesian. We enjoy sitting in the windows and people watching. Um, the Big River Brew Pub, another one of our favorites. But something to add to that one um, is if you go at a slow time, like an afternoon, you can ask for a tour of the brewery. And that's a lot of fun. We enjoy it that. Is, yeah. House of Blues, the Turf Club at Saratoga Springs, um, Kimonos, that's always fun. <laughs> um, Gico and Misner's at the Grand Floridian. And the, the last one that was mentioned was the Cruise Cup Lounge, which is also a, one of my favorites as well. They didn't, ha- they didn't have Rick's in there? No, Rick's was not mentioned, Bob. I'm sorry. The mojito? <laughs> mojito, you mean? Mojito? And I didn't know if you mojito. guys had a favorite place to go and sit and either have a drink or people watch. My favorite used to be the Outer Rim. Me t- I used yeah, to love like the Outer one. Rim. I'm so mad at them for closing it or making it not the Outer Rim, whatever. <laughs> I don't like to drink, and I don't like people, so <laughs> this doesn't really apply to me. John has no suggestions. We know what Bob's is. It's the Ricks. Yeah. So I thought that was fun. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, everybody. Um, actually, while we're talking about uh, the boards, I, I do want to uh, just spend a, a few minutes talking about a recent uh, some some things you may you guys may have noticed on the boards in regards to the really long threads. That uh, that were on there. A lot of them have been have been removed. Well, not removed. They were just kind of moved yeah. to a moved to a, a, a place where they couldn't uh, they couldn't mess up the uh, the database server. Problems that we've been having. Uh, those of you who spend any amount of time on our discussion boards have noticed that the last couple of weeks things have gotten very slow. Even though we moved all this new equipment, um, 
that we've had a lot of slowdown with the traffic surge that happens in, in January. And uh, one of the things Alex did, Alex is our IT guy, for those of you who aren't familiar with him. But if you're on the boards, you know who Alex is. Uh, Alex, what, what he tried to do as, a, as an experiment was take some of those really, really big, like, you know, 5,000-page threads and get them out of there and see what happened to the speed of the site. And it went, the speed of the boards went through the roof. It's night and day. It's actually had, a locking problem. Those big threads are physically locking the database. Yeah. So what uh, what we're going to do is uh, we are going to be bringing those long threads back, but what we're going to be doing is breaking them up into a series of smaller threads. And in doing so, we're instituting a new rule that we're not going to allow any threads over 250 pages. Um, I think that works out to be just under about 4,000 posts wow. uh, per thread. Um, and But once a, pay, once a post reaches that that size, it gets locked, but then people are free to start part two. Um, you can do as many, start as many subsequent posts as you want. There's no limit on that. All we're trying to accomplish is uh, to keep keep the site obviously running as fast as we can. And people seem very, very pleased with how fast things are moving right now. And I don't want to get rid of that content. Obviously, these threads are, are long because they're popular. And I don't want to remove that content from the site. So we are going to be bringing it back. But uh, what we're actually having to do is uh, hire someone to write a custom script for us that will break those posts up into the appropriate size because the manual labor necessary to do that on some of those posts would take days, literally, to just sit and do that. So we found somebody who's going to write something for us and handle that automatically. But I just want everyone, everyone to know those long posts are not gone forever. They will be coming back just in more bite-sized chunks. So I did want to make sure I, – I know I didn't bring that up during housekeeping, so I wanted to cover that. All right. That is going to do it for that segment. It is also going to do it for our show this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We will have our email show up on Wednesday. Our regular show goes up on Tuesday. The email show up on Wednesday. And we will see you again next week on the next edition of the Diz Unplugged Rampage. You have a great week. Bye.